0: The first and the most important lesson that you must learn in order to be a discerning person is that you must know the Word of God, believe the Word of God as the absolute truth, and test everything and measure everything by that Word. Learning to discern must begin with knowing, believing, and testing, and that is of vital importance. To the young and to the old alike. Why am I saying this? Because every cult. Every sect. Every offbeat group. Have one thing in common. And it is this. They say the Bible. Yes. And. Three letter words. (laughs) The core teaching of every false religion. Will have the word and in it. Discernment will cause you to have red light flashing as soon as you hear the word and. As soon as you see the word or hear the word and, you run a mile. Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, of whom I'm going to be talking a little bit more today, they say, the Bible, yes, and the interpretation of that Bible by Charles Taz Russell and Judge Rutherford. In Mormonism... They would say, the Bible, yes, and the Book of Mormon, or the Bible, yes, and as it is interpreted by Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. And that is why all of those falsehoods appeal mostly to the non-discerning people. So here is the first test about discernment, because these cults appeal both to the old and to the young alike. And they look for certain characteristics among their prey. And those are the times when they are lonely. Those who are discontented. Or those who feel neglected and passed by. Those who are looking for instant answers to life's complex problems. Those who are looking for little neat formulas in order to get them through their problems. And so young and old alike we must all learn to discern and we must keep on discerning the truth of the word of God to teach each subsequent generation to be a discerning generation. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about Jehovah's Witnesses. Unless you live in a gated community or you got dogs or guard dogs or something, you most likely have got a door knock from a Jehovah's Witness. And if you're not there, they'll probably left you a track under your door from the watchtower. By the way, they were not called Jehovah's Witnesses until 1931. They were established in the 1870s by Charles Taz Russell, but they were not called Jehovah's Witnesses until the successor of Russell, a man by the name of Judge Rutherford, who called themselves in their 1931 to be Jehovah's Witnesses. But before that, they were called the Russellites. <laughs> And when Russell died, they called themselves the Millennial Dawn. And then they changed to the International Bible Society Association. And then they changed to Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. And finally, Judge Rutherford took a passage or a text from Isaiah, like everything else, out of context, Isaiah 43.10, where it says, You shall be my witnesses, says Jehovah, and said, That's it, we're going to call ourselves Jehovah's Witnesses. But there is some truth that you must understand about Jehovah's Witnesses. And all the other groups that I talked about, we'll talk about, or anyone even within the mainline denominations. When somebody deny the basic foundational tenets of the Christian faith, such as the Trinity and the divinity of Christ, and the personhood of the Holy Spirit, justification by faith alone, the sufficiency of Christ's atonement on the cross of Calvary, the bodily resurrection, physical resurrection of Jesus Christ on the third day from the grave, and His visible glorious return, they should not be called Jehovah's Witnesses, they should be called the devil's Witnesses. I learned that lesson earlier on when I was a young man. In 1969, I went to live in Beirut, Lebanon for a short period of time. And my host was a mild... A gentle Baptist pastor. He was a bachelor and he invited me to come and stay with him for a few weeks while I'm there. And one morning, one day, we were sitting down and the door knocked and my host went out, opened the door. And all of a sudden, I heard him yelling. He was exorcising whoever was at the door. In the name of Jesus, come out of these people. I command you to release these people and set them free. I've never seen two people run faster or harder than those two Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, I am not recommending this approach, but I can tell you it was really an eye-opener for me at that early age because Jehovah's Witness teaching is more satanic-inspired than Jehovah-inspired. Russell grew up in a Christian Calvinist home where his parents were members of the Congregational Church. Now, you notice, as we're going along, it's not the first congregational church member. The congregational church was the first mainline church to go liberal and get into apostasy. And that is why so many of those people who founded these cults back in the late 1800s were parents who were members of the congregational church. Because his parents obviously took him to church, but they never taught him to be a discerning young man. Because at the age of 16, when Russell's friends began to make fun of his Christian faith, particularly about the issue of the fact that those who reject Jesus Christ will spend be tormented in hell, when they began to make fun of that, he immediately not only turned his back on the Christian faith, but he was in a search for a more palatable religion, more acceptable belief system. Listen carefully, please, because this is of uttermost importance. You can go to church, you can take the kids to church, but until you start training your children to be discerning young men and women, there is a possibility they might miss the mark. Now, young people, listen to me. If somebody mocks your faith... If somebody rejects you because of your belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ or because of believing in the eternal judgment of those who refuse to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or for the fact that eternity in heaven is only, only, only possible because of Jesus Christ and through Him, Or any of these things that sets the Christian faith apart, I want you to listen to me very carefully. When somebody rejects you because you refuse to go along to get along, when someone tells you that your faith is narrow and exclusive, when somebody tells you that your faith is not acceptable, you tell them, you tell them, come and meet Jesus. Come and meet Jesus. He is all love, He is all full of mercy. He is full of grace. He will welcome you with open arms. His invitation for whomsoever would come to him. He is an all-knowing God. He is an all-caring God. He is an all-merciful God. He is an all-faithful God. He is an all-trustworthy God. He is an all-just God. And even if you reject him, but when you come to him, when you accept him, he will never reject you. Rejecting him has its consequences. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. But whatever you do, do not fall in the trap of wanting to be accepted at any price. That is the beginning and the rise of Jehovah's Witnesses. Because Russell wanted to be accepted. And he turned his back on his biblical belief. And he abandoned it in favor of finding something that is more acceptable to people all around him, and wandered around from group to group. First, he joined the Seven-Day Adventists, but that was not good enough. And ultimately, he started his own religious system, and planted different groups all over Pittsburgh where he was born. And those who have accepted his interpretation of the Bible. When it comes to Jesus Christ, they say Jesus was created, that he was the archangel Michael. They say that his virgin birth notwithstanding, he was not more powerful than other men. At his baptism, he became born again. And at that point, God made him to be the Christ. That Jesus was not raised physically and bodily from the dead, only his spirit soared into heaven. Now listen, this is absolute and utterly false. Listen to just some of the biblical facts. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I and the Father are one. He said in chapter 14 verse 9, He who has seen me has seen the Father. Colossians 2.9 said, For in him, that's in Jesus, in him all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in bodily, Physically. In Luke 24, 39 and 40, Jesus said to Thomas after the resurrection, See my hands and my feet, it is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When it comes to the personhood of the Holy Spirit, Jehovah's Witnesses teach that the Holy Spirit is not a person, that he is invisible, an impersonal force. But the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit is a person. In the book of Acts, when Ananias and Sapphira lied to the apostles, Peter said to them, he said, Why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? How can you lie to a non-person? And in the book of Acts, chapters 18, 13, and 16, it often says, and the Holy Spirit said, How can a non-person speak? We believe the Holy Spirit is a person. Thirdly, they teach that man's created perfect in the image of God, but not every man has an immortal soul. And therefore, only those who become Jehovah's Witnesses will live in paradise forever. But those who reject the Jehovah's Witnesses teaching, their soul will expire. Their soul will expire not going to be in eternity in torment as the Bible teaches. Even among the Jehovah's Witnesses, they say there are two classes of people. And there are first-class Jehovah's Witnesses and there are second-class Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, the high class of Jehovah's Witnesses are born again and they will be in high heaven. But <laughs> there's only 144,000 of those. And then... The rest of the Jehovah's Witnesses, whom they call the other sheep, they will die, and then God is going to physically recreate them. And those who are not Jehovah's Witnesses, they'll be annihilated. They'll expire. Their soul will be expire when they die. Not suffer for eternity, as the Bible teaches. The non-Jehovah's Witnesses, they say, if they have lived a good life or good, good enough, by whose standard is that? I don't know. They will be given a second chance for salvation after death. Give me a break. First, they're going to expire. Then they'll be given a second chance. I will tell you why they come up with the Kakamani theory about 144,000. He said, once you reach 144,000, then Jesus is going to return. Not visibly, but he's going to come. In fact, they say he already came in 1914. Okay, once they passed 144,000, they faced a dilemma. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> they got 200,000 members. So they come up with this theory that there'll be a, a second class group of Jehovah's Witnesses. Listen to me, there is not a shred of evidence in the Bible that supports this mixed up, confused, satanic thinking. The Bible says there is only one basis on which God will grant salvation. And it is through the acceptance of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross to be the payment of the wages of our sin. And that is not all. It is not offered only to 144,000 or 144 million. It is offered to whomsoever would come to Him that He would receive forgiveness of sins. John tells us in 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that Whomsoever believes shall escape from eternal judgment and receive eternal life. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 31, it says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. As far as those who are going to expire or annihilated because they are not Jehovah's witnesses, the Bible is innocent of such ridiculous theory. The Bible says that everyone was created with an immortal soul. And everyone is going to spend eternity in one of two places. Either in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ or in hell with Satan and his demons. Only two places you can go to. And the Apostle Paul gives us the assurance of heaven. For all those who put their trust in Jesus Christ, as soon as they close their eyes in death, they will be present with Him in heaven. And he said in Philippians 1.23, I am hard-pressed, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is much better. But yet to remain in the flesh is more necessary. In the book of Revelation chapter 20, John saw the souls of the martyrs in heaven. And if Not all men's souls immortal, then there is no hell. And remember, this was his Achilles heel. This was Russell's sticky wicket, as they say in England. Remember, that was the painful experience at the age of 16, where he could not stand the mocking and the rejection of his friends because of belief in hell. And therefore, he completely eliminated hell from the Bible. He taught that hell is only a symbol of annihilation, and there is no eternal punishment of sin, simply because they do not want to face the fact that the very God of mercy is also the God of justice. Read what Jesus said about eternal judgment in Matthew 24, 46. Revelation 20, it says, They will be tormented day and night. And that ought to break the heart of every believer. And that ought to be the passion of every single believer, that we would not want to see a single person end up in that place. The Bible said that that place was not really originally prepared for people. It was prepared for Satan and all his angels, and only those who reject the salvation that is offered to them openly, publicly, will end up with Satan and his angels. Finally, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that the governing body and their watchtower group over in New York, and the headquarters in the organization, can make decisions and can make pronouncements, and they are as binding as the Bible itself. The good news is, the number of Jehovah's Witnesses is decreasing In fact, there are more ex-Jehovah's Witnesses now than there are members in the Jehovah's Witness group. That's the good news. The not-so-good news, unfortunately, is that when Jehovah's Witnesses leave that cult, they not all become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and believe the truth and receive salvation. That is the sad news. In fact, most often, they join another one Another cult. Many of them go to Mormonism. Others go to the worldwide Church of God. Or many of the splinter groups of Jehovah's Witnesses. But let me leave you with this challenge. Ex-Jehovah's Witnesses who are believers have a national convention every year. Encouraging, supporting, praying for one another. And in their 1981 convention in New Ringhold, Pennsylvania... One ex-Jehovah's Witness spoke of her experience with the cult in the following words. Please listen carefully. I hated every minute and every hour of being a witness. But I thought that it was the only way to survive Armageddon and live on Paradise Earth. This lady by the name of Toni Jean continued, And this is the most pertinent statement that ought to challenge every one of us who know and love Jesus. Here's what she concluded by saying. Many times over the years, I would have laughed if someone had only presented the gospel to me. Many times I would have laughed if somebody presented the gospel to me. Now, my beloved, listen to me. There are people all around us who are caught up in cults, who are caught up in addictions, who are caught up in secular humanistic solutions that brings no peace at all. So many people who are enslaved to so many answers that the world is trying to give them, but they are trapped and they are in desperate need of you and me to present them with the gospel.